Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 26 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear on this podcast, I ask that you please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, Murthy, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Murthy earned a chemical engineering degree from the Indian Institute of Technology in Mumbai, India, a master's from the University of Toledo, and a PhD focusing on polymer composites from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. He started out as a research scientist and holds many patents and volunteer awards and is now in business development at SC Johnson. Welcome to the show, Murthy. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Uh, sure, you covered pretty much uh, most of it, Jeff. I do want to uh, add a couple of things. I did a couple of internships during my uh, undergraduate studies, one in a paint company and one in a petroleum refinery. Uh, uh, you mentioned that I work in business development. That A few months ago, I moved into a new role uh, called Expand Innovation in uh, Pest Control. So I work as a global project manager in that division uh, currently. Uh, I also worked as a process engineer in a brewery uh, soon after my uh, undergraduate studies and before I came to the United States to pursue my master's. I live in Racine, Wisconsin. I have uh, three children uh, and uh, I've been here for, since I completed my master's uh, for the past 23 years. And by the way, I did my PhD after I joined the company, S.C. Johnson, as a part-time student at UW-Milwaukee. I want to thank S.C. Johnson for uh, sponsoring my program. I took my sweet 10 years of time, the maximum allowed period to complete the PhD. But hey, I got the degree after 10 years, so I'm happy. Congratulations, Murthy. That's the way to do it, right? Have uh, have the company help uh hopefully fund it and uh, gain all that experience and knowledge. Excellent. Why not, right? <laughs> yes. So, Murthy, so you you have a Ph.D. in chemical engineering, and a lot of the students out there, they're going to go for a four-year chemical engineering degree, maybe go on for a master's. Could you help explain some of the different types of opportunities available with the various levels of degrees? Uh, Jeff, uh, chemical engineering is such a broad field, and I don't even know where to start. I mean, you can work in whether you have a bachelor's or a master's or, or a PhD. You can work in petrochemicals, pharmaceuticals, manufacturing, polymer industry, biochemical, biomedical industries. I like chemical engineering because my favorite subjects have always been math and sciences, and chemical engineering has... Uh, uh, you know, it boards well if you are good in these two uh, subjects. Uh, it's kind of weird how uh, I ended up in chemical engineering. Actually, I'm quite comfortable with math and physics, but I was kind of scared when it comes to chemistry. Uh, but I was very fortunate to get into this Indian Institute of Technology, which is very difficult to get in. So I just seized the opportunity when I got an admission in uh, chemical engineering Soon I found out that chemical engineering is more to do with math than anything else, and so it turned out pretty good. So uh, whether I mean, if, if you if you have a master's or a PhD, what it brings to the table is the ability to do independent research, uh, not only exploring uh, a problem 
broadly but also deeply. And I think that particular capability will help you a lot, especially uh, if you embark on complex challenges and uh, want to be successful. So you're saying if you want to do um, independent research, you probably want a master's or a PhD. If you want to work as, let's say, a process engineer, then a four-year chemical engineer degree should suffice? Yes, a process engineer. If you want to be uh, a process engineer or a formulator, uh, one of these uh, roles where you're going to use the fundamentals of chemical engineering, a bachelor's degree is fine. But when you when you want to grow in your career, a PhD certainly helps, but I would say it is not necessary to have a PhD. Sometimes, when you when you have when you when you are in a right role in the company, the kind of learnings that you're going to gather would be just as good as uh, what you would get from a PhD. Okay, thanks for that, Murthy. So let's let's dig into your specific area of expertise. I have been working for a company called S.E. Johnson, as you mentioned. Uh, most of your uh, uh, STEM nation members may not have heard of the company's name, but it owns many uh, household brands like Glade, Ziploc, Windex, Raid, Off, Kiwi, uh, Scrubbing Bubbles, etc. Uh, what we do is we develop, manufacture, and sell consumer products pretty much uh, all over the world. So uh, I've been here for about 23 years. Uh, the first five years of my career, I worked as a physical chemist, supporting formulation work in the area of cleaners, pesticides, fragrances, and fluid polishes. Uh, I also did quite a bit of computer modeling work to design new delivery systems uh, for these uh, products that I mentioned. I developed new test methods to predict their performances. Uh, the next five years of my career, I worked as a formulator, uh, developing uh, primarily mosquito repellents, and then I moved on to another group. Uh, it's an innovation group to that focused on developing a new brand and a new line of products. Uh, recently, as you mentioned at the beginning, I worked in a business development group to develop a new strategy for one of our uh, uh, core businesses, and uh, since then, I moved about three months ago uh, into a group called Expand Innovation within the pest control category, which is a pretty uh, important category for the company. So currently, uh, I, I work as a project manager there. Uh, I consider working in, on pest control products as a great privilege because uh, you get a chance to develop products that are very meaningful to the lives of hundreds of millions of people, especially for developing countries where uh, insect carrying diseases could significantly reduce the quality of, of life. I mean, just to give you an example, I grew up in India uh, in a very uh, average middle-income family, and I can't tell you how many sleepless nights I had to spend when I was a child, when I was going to school because of mosquitoes and other insects. I am so glad that I now get to develop products that are designed to protect people from insects and especially mosquito-borne diseases like Zika, West Nile, and dengue viruses. Yeah, that's pretty cool where you're able to actually develop products that's going to help the world. That's got to be very rewarding type of work. It is. It is, Jeff, yes. So what would a typical day look like for you? I mean, it sounds like you've had a lot of varied experience at SC Johnson. 
what would your typical workday look like today? Okay. So uh, today, as a project manager, my responsibility is to develop consumer products for pretty for almost 68 countries. But what I do on any given day, Jeff, it depends on the nature of project that I'm working on and at what state the project is at during the course of development. For example, uh, if uh, if the project is in, in ideation stage of the project, I could be interviewing consumers anywhere in the world to understand what their unmet needs are or conduct a brainstorming session with a uh, 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 team of interdisciplinary functions like marketing, consumer insights, legal, manufacturing, finance, uh, to find out what product ideas might satisfy these needs. Say, for example, if the project is in a development stage, it came out of the ideation, it's in the development stage, uh, I could be uh, at our uh, insect science research, research center with an entomologist uh, testing various prototypes against mosquitoes, flies, ants, roaches, or I could be in the lab with the formulator collaborating on how to improve the stability of the formula to make sure it is sufficiently stable. I'm just giving you a few examples of how my day might look like. Say if the project is in commercialization stage, I could be collaborating with the process engineer to see the product can be scaled up and if, this, if the process instructions are in place. But during the entire stage of the project, doesn't matter which stage it is, it is in, I will be dealing with not only these fields that are outside chemical engineering, marketing, consumer insights, legal and manufacturing and finance, but also technical subject matter experts like the formulators, entomologists, toxicologists, designers, process engineers, and package engineers. Uh, my, as a project manager, I am responsible for tracking, in addition to the technical stuff, the budgets, capturing the risk and communicating with the stakeholders, keeping an eye on if the project is on track to deliver the profit margins. It's a very rewarding and challenging experience to work with so many functional experts, both technical and non-technical, Jeff. Thanks, Murthy, for that great overview and insights into what a real world looks like You know, after 23 years in your career. So if you had to pick one item about chemical engineering that really has you fired up, what would that be? You know, uh, Jeff, I am going to limit myself to consumer products, goods, industry, because that's where my expertise is currently, and that is the industry I have been working in for the past over two decades. To me, Silicon Valley has changed the way humans live, literally. I mean, I mean it. Companies like Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, uh, and other companies have uh, changed our very attitudes and behaviors towards life. We begin to expect instant gratification, be it when it comes to purchasing products or entertainment or access to knowledge. I mean, the new generation of consumers, and uh, I tell you, most of them are right here in STEM nation. I'm talking about the millennials and centennials. They expect high-quality products to be delivered at the doors, so doorsteps faster and faster, expect entertainment accessible on their fingertips, and are concerned about safety of chemicals to themselves and the environment. I mean, on the other hand, the demand for products are increasing on one end, but the resources needed to manufacture these products are becoming more and more scarce. There is this tension between supply or the resources and these new consumer demands. I mean, my 
I expect chemical engineering to play a significant role in being part of the solution. I think the prospects of chemical engineering when it comes to consumer goods industry are pretty promising for the next, I don't know, couple of decades, I would say. Yeah, so STEM Nation, um, if you're looking for a career that's got some uh, potential out there, chemical engineering allow you to go off and do formulation, move yourself into business development, program management. The, the sky's pretty much the limit with pretty much any STEM degree. So, Murthy, we're going to change gears here a bit and move into an aha moment. You've had something that might help our STEM Nation. Could you take us to a moment in time of an incredible aha moment you've had at work or your personal life and tell us a story and how you turn that aha moment into success. I get the opportunity to interact with consumers all over the world. I tell you, I got most of my aha moments when I make some prototypes and begin testing them, especially with these consumers. The prototypes that you have the most confidence many times don't resonate with the consumers for whatever reason, and the ones that you thought would never win sometimes come out as winners. I must have interviewed several hundreds of consumers in over a dozen countries, testing different ideas, different prototypes, but I still find it fascinating to walk into consumer homes and start talking to them about what they like and what they don't like about the new product ideas. So anytime I would be, I would be glad to Take a bunch of prototypes, just spend spend a day with them, and you walk out with, with with such insights that would help you build better prototypes and better products in the end. So, Murthy, so these you know STEM nation out there, they're they're high school students, early college students, and a lot of them are going to be heading off into college into these, I'll say, very difficult STEM curriculums. If you could go back to when you were 18 heading off to college, what are some things you wish you knew back then that would help our STEMers launch into college successfully? Sure, sure. When I was 18, I wish I had a mentor to tell me what is important and what is not. First of all, Jeff, I want to thank you for creating these audio files to inspire and guide the STEM nation. I think what you're doing is incredibly useful. And for sure, I'm going to ask my ninth grade daughter, uh, to listen to some of these podcasts so that she can decide if she wants to pursue STEM and if so, which field she'd like to pursue and what type of job she uh, she would like to do. So I strongly encourage your STEM Nation members to listen to as many podcasts as possible because they are filled with so much of uh, wisdom and information. Uh, the one The one piece of guidance I would give is do as many internships and co-ops as possible. I cannot emphasize enough on how important these are. Uh, understand what excites you and what don't. Uh, for example, do you enjoy dealing with ambiguity and uncertainty and hate details? If not, are you very detail-oriented and get frustrated when things are uncertain? Do you like hands-on type of work or are you a thinker? Do you like to interact with a lot of people or do you prefer to work alone? The sooner you understand who you are, the better it is and the best way to figure this out is to do internships and co-ops that are as different from each other as possible to figure out which industry gives you the most rewarding experience. It's not always the money that gives you success. What matters is also how much you look forward to go to work every day that matters. So, you know, if you figure out that after doing an internship that you don't really like what you did and 
sit for a few moments and think think of what is it about this internship that you didn't like just avoiding taking that path might save you so much time and energy and make you that much more successful in your career yeah that's one of the the big values of co-ops and internships is is not only finding what you'd like but finding you know what you don't like because if you go out and you take a full-time position and that's the point where you realize that you really don't like it, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to move out of that position and find a different career path. Absolutely, yes. So speaking of of going off and working in a full-time position, what type of skills or attributes do you think are important for STEMers to be successful in their careers? Be open-minded, be willing to learn, be bold to take up projects that are critical to the company's strategy, especially when nobody is willing to step up. I got some of the greatest rewards because I volunteered to take up projects that others rejected for, for whatever reason. I, the second thing I want to point out is I cannot emphasize enough how important communication is when you start working. You'll be interacting with a lot of people. All these people have different backgrounds. I mean, their expertise is different from yours especially in STEM, they come from different countries, different cultural backgrounds, different religions, different languages. No matter how smart you are and how great the ideas you come up with, unless you learn how to interact with this diverse group of people to pitch your ideas, you won't be fully successful in your career. Just one more more thing. This is probably somewhat obvious, but I want to mention uh, something that's very basic. And be respectful to others, have humility, stick to promises you have made to others, be kind to yourself and others. I guarantee that these values will make you look forward to go to work every day because everybody wants you to be in their team. Absolutely. You have to be genuine. And, you know, if you make a promise, keep that promise and just, you know, be nice to people. That's mm-hmm. it's a bottom line. Just be a good human being. You said it. Yep. So we're going to take a quick Pause here and thank our sponsor, Audible, who is offering a free audiobook. You can head over to stemonfirebook.com, that's stemonfirebook.com, and sign up to get a free audiobook. And Murthy, we're going to head off to the lightning round. Are you ready? Yes, I am. What's the best piece of advice you have ever received? Never stop learning. This is so critical for your growth. And what is a personal habit that contributes to your success? You know, Jeff, I try to be positive and spread the positivity around me. It's amazing how uplifting the positive energy is to you and to everybody around you. And what is your favorite internet resource or phone app and why? It is Google search engine. It sounds silly, but I learned so much about what competition is up to get market insights, get consumer insights. There's a wealth of information available on internet these days, so I definitely would pick uh, Google. And Murthy, if you had to pick one book to recommend, which one would that be? I don't read a lot of books. Honestly, between work, home, community activities, and my fitness exercises, I don't get time to read books. Instead of a book, if you don't mind, what I recommend to your STEM uh, nation members is to watch TED Talks and listen to Hidden Brain on NPR. Uh, and that's what I do in my sh- during my short drive to work. I love these programs because they are standalone episodes. They last only 10 to 15 minutes, and I find both these 
insightful and very refreshing. Excellent. Yeah, TED Talks. I, I count it as a book. I think anytime okay. <laughs> you're picking up some sort of audio or learning something that's that's valuable and, and brings you up, that qualifies as a recommendation. So not a problem. Great. So, Murthy, we're going to wrap up here. And if you could share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation, and then we'll say goodbye. If you are a senior in high school or if you are in college, I tell you, the next four years or whatever remaining time left to finish college are probably going to be the most precious years of your lives. How you choose to spend these four years can have a tremendous impact on the quality of your life. Try to make the best use of your time. Make strong friendships because these friendships will stay for a very long time. And recently we had our 25th reunion. I, I can't believe it's been 25 years since I completed my undergrad. But those friendships still stay intact. I mean, we still chat on WhatsApp. Uh, it, it, it's great. Build solid networks. Work hard and don't get distracted by things that don't matter in the long run. Do a lot of different internships and co-ops to figure out what you like and what you don't like. Seek new experiences that stretches your mind. Learn as much as you can. Trust me, guys. You work hard for the next four years and you'll reap benefits for your entire life. I do want to share one last piece of guidance. It's never too late to start thinking about what's most important to you and write down a personal mission statement. When you are young, the most important things may be financial goals, career goals, or goals around whatever hobbies you are passionate about. Once you get married and have children, your family might become as important as, if not more important than your career. Whatever it is, find out the big rocks that you want to fill your jar with. Write down a vision statement and a personal mission statement. Check where you are spending most of your time and if it is aligned with your vision. If it, if it does, great. If not, see what you need to do to make it aligned. Even if it is not fully aligned for some reason, at least you are aware of the gap between what you're doing and what you would ideally like to do. And I think this awareness is always good. But as you gather more experiences, this mission statement is going to change quite a bit. Do write this every few years. It's okay to change it, change, uh, change it based on your new experiences and new priorities. So that would be my last piece of uh, uh, guidance to your team, uh, Jeff. Yeah, a mission statement, writing some goals down. I mean, think, I think the statistic is if you write down a goal, you're 42% more likely to hit that goal. So, yeah, STEM Nation, you know, if you're heading off to college, you know, even if it's something very simple like I want to achieve a 3.5 this semester, just write it down. And when you're sitting in a library, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do one more problem. You know, you're going to go back and think about that. You know what? I really want that 3.5. I wrote it down you know what, I'm going to do a couple more problems and stay in the library for another 15 or 20 minutes and make it happen. So thanks for that, Murthy. And with that, we will say goodbye. You're welcome, Jeff. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today with Murthy. Head on over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And again, if you're getting value from this podcast, please share it with a friend. Tune in next week where we talk with Eb, who is a civil engineer. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.